0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to the Cubby's Crib Podcast on the Fan Sided Network. This is your host, Alex Pat alongside Adam McGinnis. We have another good show for you tonight, and we're doing it during a Cubs game. It's kind of fun to do that. You get some updates during the podcast, little fun talk, while we talk about things in the past and things in the future. So we'll have a pretty good show tonight. We're basically covering about the last week. We had to cut it a little short last week because of a... Uh, technical difficulty, but hopefully we won't have that again. We'll be talking about the series in Milwaukee and the home opener. But, Adam, welcome in. Thank you, Alex. Okay, so let's start with the series in Milwaukee. The Cubs took three of four against the Brewers. It was kind of a series that some people, including myself, were dreading a little bit. The Brewers were having some nice comeback wins late, Uh, The Cubs stumbled around in Cincinnati and only split in Miami, a a very bad Miami team, as we talked about. But it ended up being quite the opposite of what many may have feared. Taking three of four against a division rival on the road is pretty good. Uh, Before we kind of get into details about the series, what were your overall thoughts about it?
2: On the Brewers series, I was – I wasn't worried going in. I know a lot of fans were pretty pessimistic about how it was going to go, but I was glad to see them bounce back. They really needed to after a pretty poor showing against yeah, a bad team in Miami. But And we saw some starters have rebound starts, like you, Darvish, Jose Quintana, weren't so great their first time around. And Lester was a lot better, too, I think. So that was a good to see.
1: Yeah, it felt like a really big kind of redemption series for a number of guys, including the starting pitching, like you said. Um, We'll read some stats on them in a little bit. But it got off to a really good start last Thursday when they won 8-0 behind six shutout innings from John Lester. The offense got on the board early. Javier Baez had that great play to score on the error. And, I mean, they were just kind of off to the races in that game. They didn't look back. They didn't really have any moment in which they looked like they were going to relinquish the lead, and you had that really good play by John Lester to pick off Braun at third base. Uh, Looking back at that first game, Adam, what stood out to you? Well, I was just glad to see them scoring a lot of runs in that first game
2: of the series. It's been kind of a struggle for the Cubs at times, especially with runners in scoring position, and it's no secret that When they've got runners on second or third with less than two outs, they tend to have a difficult time bringing people in. But seeing them go off for eight runs was nice to see. Um, Suter, they got the best of him. And Ben Zobrist is really hitting his way into the starting lineup, and that was kind of the start of his offensive explosion.
1: Yeah, I really like what I'm seeing from Ben Zobrist. Right now it appears that that uh, wrist – is looking a little better because he's looking good from both sides of the plate. You saw last year, he really struggled to drive the ball, especially from the right side. You know, So far, so good for him. And you can make a case that he'd be the ideal leadoff man right now. He gives you a good at that every time he's hitting the ball hard. He's spraying it around. I really like what I've seen from him so far, but yeah, what really stood out to me in that first game was just, they took advantage of opportunities and you know that so far this season there's been a lot of frustrating moments even later in this Milwaukee series where they had plenty of scoring chances they wouldn't get anything out of them and really good scoring chances too they took advantage of that right away in that first game so a really nice eight nothing win there then the one loss of the series a pretty frustrating game came Friday and that was a walk-off loss when the cubs Looked like they had control of the game very early on. They caused uh, Woodruff, the starter for the Brewers, to throw over 30 pitches. I think it was like 36-37 the first inning. They got two runs. Kyle Hendricks was in cruise mode until the fifth inning. Then he started to hang a few uh, fastballs up to Eric Thames and Travis Shaw, and they both hit two-run home runs. Cubs eventually tied it on a great play by Baez, but they fell on a walk off. Um, I don't know. Any thoughts about that one from you?
2: My only concern was Kyle Hendricks, and I'm I'm not worried about him. But he had a pretty rough start. I did like seeing the bullpen have another good game. I think Mike Montgomery was the only guy in the pen who gave up a run that day, but. The offense just wasn't clicking the way it normally does. When you're one through three hitters all go 0 for 4, your chances of winning are not great.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing that happened in this game was Anthony Rizzo was scratched with back tightness. He'd eventually be placed on the disabled list, and that happened Monday during the snowout. But he didn't play at all after Thursday. The rest of the three games in that Brewers series and that, you know, they kept saying that it wasn't anything to worry about. They still think that it's really not much to worry about, but they wanted to be safe and eventually put him on the DL. Uh, today's Wednesday, so he has just a few more days of that 10 day DL uh, stint left. So eh, Friday was not really that great of a day for the Cubs. Then we get to Saturday. That was probably the most exciting game because they were down 2 to 1 in the top of the ninth, and they came up with four runs, half with the go ahead single and pinch hitter John Lester with a sack bunt that scored a run. That was a really frustrating game for the first eight innings. They scored numerous opportunities and the Brewers had an opportunity off a Jason Hayward misplay, took advantage of that right away, looked like another real frustrating loss. And then they came right away and took advantage themselves of some Brewers misplays Um one of the big stories I think from that game was Brandon Morrow. It was finally his first save situation. He was throwing the fastball in the upper nineties, 97, 98, with good movement down. And he looked like the Brandon Morrow we wanted. What were your overall thoughts on Brandon Morrow or just that game in general?
2: Yeah, it was nice to see Morrow get to redeem himself a little bit there. And Morrow's story is pretty cool. he, with the Dodgers in 2017, signed a minor league contract and was a non rostered invitee. Uh, they brought him up later in the season just because he had a clause in his contract that would have made him a free agent. So they brought him up to see what he could do on a whim, and he turned out to be dynamite for him and earned himself a good contract this offseason. But yeah, he's... I think the closer for the whole year, his stuff looked really good velocity in the upper nineties. And I was most pleased with seeing you Darvish pitch. Well, that that looked like the Darvish, the Cubs paid for.
1: Yeah. He had uh, I think it was nine strikeouts in six innings. He only gave up two hits. The one hit was an Eric Thames solo home run, but yeah, I mean, he looked really sharp. The movements was there. You saw that fastball, good velocity, mid-90s, uh, 94, 95, pretty much everything that you could want out of you Darvish. A very promising bounce-back start for him, no doubt. And then oh, he yeah. took this here. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, if you
2: if you Google the word filthy, a video of you Darvish's slider comes up first
1: because that thing yeah. had a lot of movement on it. It was fun to watch. And it was really nice to see him do that against a good lineup and a lineup that is, you know, a rival team. You know, the Brewers are going to be a rival team until the end of the season. They have a really good lineup, despite the fact that Christian Yelich is out. They still had Ryan Braun. They still had Lorenzo Cain. They still had Eric Thames, some guys with pop, and he was able to just shut them down. So, yes, really good to see the movement and velocity and location from him. Uh, really happy there. So they took the series on Sunday, three nothing, and boy, Jose Quintana did he look sharp or what? Oh yeah, that was great. That was another bounce back performance from
2: a starter. Six innings, three hits, no runs, six strikeouts, a good uh, comeback start for him. And again, the bullpen looked fantastic. It, The bullpen has had just a few little moments where it's looked kind of shaky, but overall the pen has been fantastic, and that's one area the Cubs have really struggled in for the past few years. You know, we knew going in last year to the postseason that their weakest link was their bullpen, and that was the way to get to the Cubs. But this year we knew going into the regular season that on paper it looked a lot better, and so far the results are great too, which is nice to see.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, Quick update. We are 4-3 Cubs, bottom of the third. Zobrist uh, missed a home run by about three feet. Uh, So just a little quick update there. 4-3 Cubs, bottom of the third. Yeah, absolutely. I think that the bullpen right now, it's not getting hit hard. I think if there was one thing that does sometimes make you nervous from this bullpen, it's the walks. But even so, they've been able to overall lock it down Justin Wilson, he's overall looks so much better, even though a few nights ago he did run into some walk trouble after he had a really clean last inning. But still, he looks better. Um, Carl Edwards Jr. has looked really good so far. So, yeah, I'm very pleased with what the bullpen has done. To me, who's your favorite bullpen guy right now? Who do you think has looked the best to you? Right now,
2: I would probably go with. Uh, hmm, that's kind of a tough one. Actually, I'm gonna say Steve Cishek because I'm kind of biased yeah. when it comes to sinker baller guys like that. They're just a lot of fun to watch, and he's been really good for him. He, I think, could earn like a setup kind of role for the Cubs. But the person I'm most encouraged by is Justin Wilson. The walks have still been a little bit high in the early going, but. He hasn't given up a run yet, and he's only given up one hit in five and two-thirds innings, so it's great to see him off to a nice start like that. I think it'll be good for his confidence because the walk rate will come down, I think. The thing for Wilson is he just needs to stay out of trouble. You know, Last year he had the walk rate pretty high too, but the one thing he's doing better this year is getting out of trouble. He, we didn't really see him rebound in – his appearances. And I think he's finishing stronger this
1: time around. Yeah. And you know, to your point about Justin Wilson and the walks, the thing is you've seen it when he does locate his stuff, he has nasty stuff. He's got a real good slider when he gets the movement on it and he places it where he wants it. And that fastball, it still sits in the upper nineties and it's got a little bite to it too. So when he's throwing strikes, he's nasty.
2: Yeah, I and you know, if he can be the Justin Wilson the Cubs initially traded for, that'll be a huge weapon for him because, I mean, he was almost non-existent for that team last year.
1: I know, it was really frustrating too because you saw he had good stuff. It's just, it wasn't even close to the plate. Now you're seeing the command get a bit better. Still maybe a little bit to work on, but yeah, it's definitely improved so far. And also going back to Steve Ciszek, He's another guy where if he's throwing strikes, then that's a real good thing because when he's sidewinding it, it's not, you know, 97, 98, but it's, you know, in the low 90s, but it's got a lot of good movement on it. And that kind of sidearm delivery can cause a lot of deception. So that's one of the main reasons Steve C. is effective so far. He's had very good command. And if he can keep that up, he'll continue to be effective. So, keep in mind that there will be times naturally when bullpens kind of have a little bit of a dip, kind of how it works. What you just mainly pray for is overall consistency over 162 games where you have a few dips here or there, but it's not like, Oh, Hey, here's a stretch of three weeks where it's doing really poorly. You want a bit more consistency than that. And hopefully we will get that. Any thought, um, last thoughts on the bullpen?
2: No, I'm just, I hope it holds up. Yeah. Like you said, there's going to be some rough stretches. Every bullpen goes through it. No bullpen is uh, bulletproof
1: like that, but so far so good. It looks much better than recent years. I agree. I agree. There is something about this bullpen that I think it was built Right because you have guys that are versatile. You have several guys that can be a closer. You have Morrow. He's got the stuff to be a closer, even though he doesn't have the experience. c has a lot of closer experience. Carl Edwards Jr. is said to be the future closer of the team. And they also, I, I forgot to say this about c but I feel like he's a really good fireman. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, that sidearm throwing style
2: it's hard to see out of the hand
1: yeah you know you come in in a big situation we saw it in the marlins series we saw it in one of the brewer games they needed to get some outs desperately without giving up any runs and he was able to do that we've seen carl edwards jr be a fireman as well but you know hey why not have multiple firemen right it's makes your bullpen all much better
2: Yeah, and the um, thing about
1: this bullpen, too, is
2: the Cubs' bullpen has always been full of guys with a lot of potential, but nobody who was completely reliable and dependable. And guys like Ciszek and Morrow, who they got, these guys, I think, are a lot more dependable than some of the relievers they've had in the past, and mm -hmm. that's going to be huge because – With Cubs bullpen last year and even in 2016, you always knew that they could get a clean inning, but you never really knew for sure. You were always kind of worrying in the back of your mind if they were going to have one of those rough stretches. Sure.
1: Yeah, and, you know, you look back to 2016 and you think we put so much weight on Chapman, especially, like, when it was down the stretch, obviously, in the playoffs. But even so, you put a lot of weight on him, in the regular season, late in the regular season. Um, and you, it kind of made you think, well, outside Chapman, do we trust anyone else at times? Because Hector Rondone got injured. You had Pedro Strope, but you had some question marks. You didn't really know what you had in Mike Montgomery yet. Now things are a bit more spread out. And I think that's a very good thing. And hopefully that means that nobody will be kind of grinded into the ground like years past, like Chapman was, or at times Wade Davis. Since the talent is really spread out, you have the ability to use guys on certain days. Even guys like Eddie Butler, who had that really heroic, uh, what was it, seven innings? Seven and a third? Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) pretty crazy that he's gone further innings-wise than any of the starters. But yeah, that spread out talent in the bullpen is just beautiful to have. Okay, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. For sure. Uh, So moving on here, we got snowed out for the home opener. Not really surprised. The weather was terrible. Uh, There was, I don't know, an inch of snow or so on the ground. I don't really know. I didn't really measure it. But they did clear the field off after it was postponed. But, you know, whatever. The the weather the next day was better. They had the built-in off day. I don't think a lot of people were overly upset unless you were going to the game and you took uh, work off or school off. That was probably frustrating, but they did eventually play the next day did not really go exactly how we hoped they had a one nothing lead and a two one lead early. And then the pirates offense came alive. Was there any thing that stood out to you uh, in the home opener? I am trying to
2: completely forget everything about the home opener. I was really disappointed in Tyler Chatwood. I was hoping he would have his first quality start. He got, what was it, the first three or four innings, he looked pretty good, and then it just all completely fell apart on him in a hurry. But, yeah, he had a pretty shaky first start, too, even though he only gave up the run. But six walks, you're kind of playing with fire there. And we saw that happen in the home opener where it just kind of burned him.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, when you throw a lot of strikes, you can get burned like that. What's interesting, though, is going back and watching it, you notice that uh, Tyler Chatwood, he threw a lot of fastballs, and he threw very few curveballs, but the curveball he did throw, uh, I can't remember who he threw it to, it had great movement, and he struck him out. There were times where I thought when Chatwood got ahead of the count, he should have gone to more breaking stuff, but he's still stuck with the fastball and they were able to kind of tee it up or make contact. So maybe too much fastball command wasn't the best thing, but it was at least if there's, you know, some silver lining here to see that he was throwing strikes. It's very odd because he wasn't throwing strikes really in his first start. He only gave up one run. He had much better command in the second time around, but he gave up five runs. You know, baseball's weird like that. It's all about where you put it in the strike zone. It it really is too bad because he looked nasty early on. In the first inning, his fastball was sitting at like 94, 95. It had great movement. He was locating it down and away. And then the Pirates kind of adjusted, and I just don't think he adjusted quite enough. But, you know, I'm going to take it as he's finding his adjustments he found a bit of command. Now he just kind of has to find how to mix things up a little bit. And hopefully by the next start he makes, he can really be effective and hopefully get a W. Um, The other big story from the home opener was Javi Baez. He hit two home runs. That was cool. One was when they were down by a lot, but still, you know, a Javi bomb is a Javi bomb. And then he hit a home run this evening to make the score 4-3, which, That score still remains in the top of the fourth. Javi's heating up. Pretty exciting, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And the thing about a
2: Javi bomb, too, when he gets a hold of one, it looks pretty. I mean, it looks really cool. But the opposite is also true, where if he whiffs on one, it's really ugly. But, yeah, Javi was kind of a wild card going into the season. He seems to be every year. You don't know exactly what you're going to get from him. His overall numbers always seem to end up being decent, but he, but he's never really consistent throughout the season. He has stretches where he's just absolutely on fire and stretches where he couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. But having a hot hobby right now is great for the Cubs.
1: Yeah, because you saw in the Marlins series, especially the first like three games, he looked completely lost at the plate, and then you saw him start to hit a little bit. And now he's really doing some hobby like things. He's slugging the ball. He's running the bases. He's making plays happen. Now, the one weird thing is we've seen him boot some easy plays. I don't really think it's that concerning. Um, It is a little odd. But what are your thoughts on that? I'm not really worried about that. We've
2: seen Javi and Addison Russell, that duo, for a few years now. So it's not a small sample size. This defense is really good. They've had their moments this year where they haven't looked great, but I think they're going to bounce back and things are going to even out. In the grand scheme of things, this defense is still really good, and that's going to shine through here eventually.
1: Yeah, because Hayward misplaying those two balls in Milwaukee was incredibly strange, though I can't help but wonder if that was in part of the very weird window lighting they have in Milwaukee because when they close the roof, the sun just beams in through those side windows in which the roof sits on, so he could have maybe lost it there. Lorenzo Cain lost a fly ball in the sun as well. You know, I don't really know for sure, but you know, it's maybe an idea. If you watch those day games at Miller Park, uh, especially Friday, Saturday, or, or just Saturday and Sunday, I should say. Sorry, when the ball was hit over to like the third base side, you saw it well, and then as soon as the ball traveled over to the first base side, it just got lost in a a big white bleach of just sunlight. So I don't know if that was a factor in it or what, but you know, Jason Hayward is one. How many gold gloves now? I don't think he's just going to lose that ability. No, four gold gloves in the last five years.
2: That play where he kind of misplayed the ball in right field was, it almost looked like he thought the wall was a lot closer to him than it was because he, he sort of hopped like he was go, trying to go over the fence before he even got to the warning track. But that kind of thing is rare from Hayward. That's not going to happen all year. And, Somebody, I can't remember who it was, brought up that point on Twitter that Hayward really needs to be an elite defensive outfielder all the time for what he's getting paid. If he's not going to be a good hitter, he has to be an elite defensive player.
1: Yeah, no doubt, because you know that no matter what happens, he should be pretty consistent in that department. And I mean, he really has been outside those two really bad misplays. Uh, So, yeah, you're absolutely right. But also going back to Javi's defense, there have been some plays where he's kind of in a shift or he has to come really far in to glove a ball and he just kind of boots it. So I don't know if that's just kind of maybe something mental. I think it may be something just to say, hey, he's had a few bad plays. It's early on. He'll adjust. But I I can't really be worried about him either.
2: No, I'm not worried about him. We've seen what he can do. We know he'll improve. The The only play that really frustrated me of his, uh, I can't remember who it was that hit kind of a slow roller to second base, and he tried to just do a glove flip with the ball instead of just picking yeah, it up and yeah, throwing yeah. it. And I – maybe he thought he didn't have time I thought he probably had plenty of time to pick it up and throw it I think it was just a case of Hobby trying to make the highlight real, which he does quite often and I don't really have a problem with it but it was kind of frustrating to see him botch a play
1: in which I thought he could have had an easy out when I watched that replay I kind of thought that he didn't think he had that much time but you know who knows sometimes it's you have a different perspective when you're watching on television versus what you see on field level. So I don't know there, but either way, I don't think it's really a big deal. Um, The other thing that's interesting about the Cubs defense, what really set up that loss in Milwaukee was Chris Bryant making that throw to first that went wide. He probably should have eaten that ball, but Oh, well, but the funny thing is, is that everyone thought the same thing when that happened. Thank God that did not happen on November 2nd, 2016, off the bat of Michael Martinez.
2: Oh, man, that would have been the most Cubs thing ever. And
1: the funny thing is, he did slip on that wet grass, but he still threw a strike.
2: Yeah, and my favorite part about that play was that giant smile he had on his face. Like He knew if he could just pull that off, it was all over. It was great.
1: Yeah. You know, I can't help but wonder if what he says in the interviews are true because he claims that when he had the ball hit to him, he was just making that face because that's what he does. And he thought it was an infield hit or, you know, part of me kind of thinks he really knew all along. So that's why he was smiling. I guess we'll never know for sure. I mean, frankly, I thought it was an infield hit off the bat. I don't know what you thought, but I'm like, oh, crap, that's that's not going anywhere. What, what did you think? I
2: didn't think anything at the moment. I was just sitting there in shock almost just because it was so close to the end, and I was almost in disbelief that they were that close to actually making it happen. But my gut feeling is that he was smiling knowing that they were about to win it all. But, and if he says otherwise, I, I'll take him for his word. It doesn't matter, though.
1: No, it really doesn't. It just kind of makes for a fun story. Even though maybe he was just doing that because he does it according to what he said, you kind of like to add to the whole Hollywood type story of that game seven and saying that he was smiling on the final out. But yeah, Back to topic, we're really glad that Uh, That didn't happen, what happened in uh, Milwaukee. And you can tell he was frustrated with himself. He was mad right away. He knew he shouldn't have threw it the second the ball left his hand. Unfortunately, that happens, even to the best of defenders, because we all know Chris Bryant is a great defender. Um, Everyone tries to make a throw that they probably shouldn't, and sometimes it's hard in the moment just to eat it, especially when it's a tie game, you can't let a run score or else you'll lose. So I don't really even think too much of that with Chris Bryant. I bet you don't either. No, Chris Bryant's a smart guy. He's
2: not going to make that kind of mistake very often. And it, the same goes for the rest of the infield. Javi Baez, Addison Russell, those guys are great defensive players, and we'll see that as the season moves along.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. So moving on, we got about 15 minutes left. It's still 4-3 Cubs. We head to the bottom of the fourth over the Pirates. Um, we have one more game in this Pirates series. That's tomorrow at one And then the Braves come to town. And then the Cardinals come to town Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So we'll have our first Cubs-Cardinals series coming right up. It's kind of nice that we're already getting some Cubs-Cards action. Because if you remember last year, the Cardinals didn't come to Wrigley field until I think it was like June or something, but it took a while. Um, What are you looking forward to most over this next home stand? Is it the Cubs Cardinals, Cubs Braves, the rest of this pirate series? What are you most excited about?
2: I'm most excited for Cubs Cardinals. I just want to see the fans in the stands throwing beers at each other. Uh, I always (laughs) love to see the, the animosity between those two fan bases. It can get pretty heated, but if you have told me beforehand that the Braves would have the better record than the Cardinals going into these next two series, I mean, I guess I would have believed you because it's early and those things happen. But the difference with the Cardinals is that might be who they are. They might just be a 500 team. I don't know if they're going to pick things up or not. Their rotation is a little iffy. Lineup is not too bad, but it's pretty young, a little bit unexperienced. But, yeah, I'm excited to see the Cardinals series because the Cubs really gave it to the Cardinals in the season series last year. 14-5, to 5, I think it was. And I'd love to see them win it by that kind of margin again.
1: Yeah, and, you know, the Cubs only lost one home game against the Cardinals, and that was a game where they were leading late and things just kind of fell apart. So they could have easily swept the Cardinals at Wrigley Field, but regardless, they won every game but one. I mean, when's the last time we could say that? No matter how good or bad the Cubs or Cardinals are, the series is always close. And that's what's really cool about it. Heck, even in like 2012, 2013, when the Cubs are really bad and the Cardinals were really good, it was always a close season series. The games were, for the most part, pretty tight. Always an exciting series, especially when the two are contending. But yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that series very much. I think that the Braves are going to be a tough team to beat because right now they're coming out of the gates really good. Their offense looks pretty good. That's going to be an entertaining series. And it kind of stinks that you only get to see the Braves once a year at Wrigley Field. I always kind of liked it when they came to Wrigley Field. It was always kind of a fun matchup. But yeah, that's going to happen right after this Pirates series before the Cardinals won. And then they go back on the road. We'll we'll get more into that when the time comes, but we'll mainly talk about this uh, upcoming homestand. So let's just kind of look at the Braves really quick. What are you expecting out of that series? Is there anything that you're maybe, I don't know, concerned because it's so early, but is there anything you're kind of looking out for in that series?
2: Well, the Braves' pitching is not great. They've been okay to start, but I think they're going to come back down to earth. I think this is an opportunity for the Cubs' offense to really explode. But their lineup is not bad. I've always thought Freddie Freeman is one of the most underrated players in the league. He's criminally underrated. Oh, absolutely. He's just an incredible hitter. And he's off to a great start again this year, too. But, yeah, brave starters, I think the thing to look for is
1: the Cubs' offense getting to those guys. I think that'll be important. Definitely. I'm really looking forward to seeing some of their young guys come to Wrigley Field again. We saw some of the uh, young guys last year. We'll see it again in just a few days. Right before the Cardinals come to town, you're seeing two different teams here. You're seeing a really young team in Atlanta, and then you're seeing a veteran team in St. Louis. And by the time we do our next show, we'll be done with pretty much the first homestand. We actually will be done because it's an afternoon game Wednesday, so we'll be done with this homestand. Hopefully we'll have some good news to report. But that pretty much sums up everything with the homestand, rest of the Pirates, then the Braves, then the Cardinals. Uh, So we have about mm, 10 minutes left. Do you have any games for us? this week
2: do I have any games for us no I don't I should have prepared something huh I
1: know I'm kind of putting you on the spot
2: <laughs> okay have, we could play rock paper scissors and I'll just tell you what I shoot
1: oh man no, not, yeah. no, that no, is no. a great idea <laughs> <laughs> um, have, oh, what what about, I think we have a team? caller we have a caller calling in oh, okay All right. Hello, you're on the
0: air. Hey, I just want to thank you guys. It's been fun listening to you guys tonight, and uh, you brought back some memories, and I hope Cub fans out there will take a long, deep breath. It's a long season. I've already had Cub friends of mine that are already apoplectic that are ready to dive off the cliff because of the start the Cubs have gotten off to. But I think one of the things you guys talked about tonight is the Cubs have got a lineup that is going to... Help each other out. It's the kind of lineup where there's guys that are going to have their moments with it, where they aren't particularly strong, but there's going to be other parts of the lineup that'll pick up the slack, and it'll it'll be a good it'll be a good long fun season. And I tell you, I've been in the I've been in the bleachers a number of times when the Cubs and Cardinals play. It's an atmosphere that uh, is unrivaled. It's a great time.
1: Absolutely, it is always really fun to go to those games, and it's unfortunate that they're so expensive this year. I mean, they've been expensive the past few years, but no doubt that's definitely uh, a fun game to go to if you can. And yeah, we were yeah, talking. about the prices. The... You're I'm right. Ticket
0: prices for Cub Cardinals have always been uh, have always been higher than everywhere else. The years, the... yeah. most of the years where I went and saw the Cardinals play it was a kind of a reversal of fortunes where the Cardinals were the good team and the Cubs weren't. Uh, yep. It was really heated in the bleachers during the game, but afterwards at Murphy's we were, we had a great time with, with Cardinal fans.
1: Yeah. That, that was always kind of the cool thing is that you could bond outside Wrigley Field with them at all the bars and restaurants. Um, and, you know, you brought up the whole panicky thing, you know, just a few games in, Adam and I were just talking about that. We were saying how, Seems like when everything goes bad in a game, then you know, Cubs Twitter just kind of falls apart. You're <laughs> absolutely right. Pick up, uh, Picking up your teammates is a good thing to do, and relaxing is a good thing to do. Uh, Adam, I know you have plenty of thoughts on the whole calm down thing when it comes to the Cubs. Yeah, I wouldn't have Cubs
2: Twitter any other way. I'm, I'm not on Cubs Twitter for rational takes. I'm there to see everybody <laughs> freaking out. And calling it Armageddon every time. That's the fun of it, I
0: think. I like seeing that too. It's the best it's the best part of Twitter, is having everybody go off the deep end. <laughs> I do have a question I do have a question for you guys though. Yes. I heard you guys talking about a hot hobby. Is that like a deli sandwich? And if it is, what's on it? Oh. Oh that should That's be a, it's a
2: it's a soup, I think, with jalapeno. It's a in soup? It. Yeah. Oh a
0: soup. <laughs> oh, I like it. Well thank you Without guys. I've, I've, I've... <laughs> well you guys let me know what's on a hot hobby and I'll and I'll I'll make sure I order one next time I'm in Chicago. Yeah, right. you no, know,
1: we should propose this. I mean we should we gotta go to the Cubs and propose this. Maybe we could get it at the concession you know, stands or something. Maybe pour some ranch in there. Just
2: make it a whole hodgepodge of randomness that might be good and might be the worst thing you've ever had. I don't know. <laughs> you,
0: you'll enjoy. Yeah, it, it should really be two it. different things.
2: <laughs> there should be
0: a cold hobby too.
2: If yeah, that's, yeah. You're make that's it, the one that's if really to make it a hobby. Then it needs to be random. Sometimes when you order it, it'll be great, and other times it'll just suck.
1: <laughs> 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 it's
0: perfect. <laughs> I think you guys are on to something.
1: Yeah, I think uh, we'll, uh, we'll all uh, propose this to the Chicago Cubs, another fun little thing. Well, uh, Caller, thank you so much for calling in. We really enjoyed your input.
0: Well, thanks. It's been great listening to you guys.
1: Well, thank you for listening. Go Cubs, and you have a great night. Amos Cthulhu. Indeed. Boy, I love when we have callers. That guy had a great voice, too. He should, like, guest more often. Yeah, he should. Yeah, really, really strong radio voice there. I bet you he could tell a lot of great stories. You know, I bet you he could. Yeah, so... And the
2: funny thing, too, is I know that guy, and he did used to have a radio show.
1: Oh, really? Really, really. Hmm, well, it shows. We'll have to have him on as a guest. Yeah. seems really cool. Okay, so um, I got a game. I think we were going to play it last week. Uh, were we going to play? I think we were going to play. Um, it wasn't over-under. Was it true did or false?
2: We one week. Yeah. We so did why don't do we that. Sp- yeah.
1: Well, yeah. Why don't we just spew off some true or false here to end the show. Um, I'll start. Okay. True okay. or false. Javi will hit three home runs in the Cardinals series.
2: Hmm. Is that a three game series or a four game series? I forget. Three, three home runs in the Cardinals series. You know, since he's hot right now, I'm going to be optimistic about that. And I'm going to say true. He's going
1: to hit nope. three. I'm, no All more, right. no
2: less. Exactly three.
1: So we're getting the hot hobby soup for that, uh, that weekday series.
2: Yes. The good hot hobby soup.
1: Awesome. Extra jalapenos for me, please.
2: Oh, God, no jalapenos for me. (laughs) Okay, so for you, let's see here. Um, True or false, someone will overtake Ian Happ for the primary leadoff spot within the next two weeks.
1: Well, do I think it should happen? Yeah, because of the way Zobrist is working his way, but... You know, Joe Madden likes to ride these things out long. So I have a feeling he's going to be not maybe every day, but more often than not going forward for some time now. So I'm going to go false. Yeah, I'm inclined
2: to agree with you on that. You know, speed is not as much of a factor in a leadoff guy as it used to be. And so these days you kind of just need to roll with the guy who gets on base the most. And right now that guy is Ben Zobrist. You're right.
1: Yeah, because Ben Zobrist, he could draw walks. It seems like every at-bat he has, he's three and two. And he's been hitting the ball in all areas, like we said before. I definitely agree there. Uh, Okay. true or false. Wilson Contreras is going to have a 5 RBI game against the Atlanta Braves. Getting real specific here.
2: Yeah, that is a specific one. Hmm. 5 RBIs. Um, I'm going to just go ahead and say false on that one. I definitely think he could, but That's a hard thing to accomplish, so sorry to be a a Debbie Downer about that one, but, yeah, false.
1: Wah, wah, Debbie Downer. Yeah,
2: I know, I know, I know. Okay, for you, true or false, boneless wings are better than bone-in wings?
1: False. False. False? False. False. Okay, so my question is if I, for want, you, then, if I want nuggets, is, I'll get nuggets. But when I want wings, I want my bone
2: man. No, 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 no. They're different things. So who hurt you?
1: Um, I don't know. A lot of things hurt me over the years. That's okay. a very, very, very um specific question I can't answer.
2: More meat is better than less meat one hundred percent of the time. If boneless wings are done right, they're a little bit crunchy. It's it's way better than bone in wings. You got to get your hands all messy. It's just a it's a mess.
1: That's part of the fun, man. You get all the no, good flavor no. and you stack no. the bones like it's a nice triumphant statue of manliness. No, Come on. there's there's no fun in having
2: messy, greasy hands. You ruin your phone screen and you got to You you never have enough napkins. Oh poor
1: baby, where got a things. little sauce on your hands. Yeah, they, they wana, give you, wana, they give you
2: one. They give you one napkin, and if you have to be picking up messy bone and wings all night, then the whole thing is just messy and dirty, and so then you have to resort to using your jeans, and at that point, you've just, you just repulsed everyone in the restaurant. You don't
1: have to use your clothes. Uh,
2: well, sometimes that's your only option.
1: Yeah, Like when?
2: <laughs> Strike this from the record.
1: <laughs> oh, my brother. Uh, So quick update before we go off the air, RBI single for the Pirates ties it four to four. Um, Kind of frustrating because the double that I think it was Starling Marte hit to set up that run was literally just a squeaky ground ball right down the first baseline. So more annoying Babbitt stuff there, but the innings over tied four, four. And we are about to end the show, but before we do, any other hot food takes from you tonight? Have you been thinking about it?
2: No, but I could, I could always give you one. Uh, my hot food take for tonight is that peanut butter goes great on a burger. You might be scoffing at me for saying what? that, but what? you, I would just say try it. Oh yeah, put a little hot sauce on it too. It's fantastic. What? Maybe crunchy peanut butter? You don't know what you're missing, man. What you the- gotta get you you have no
1: imagination. What the <laughs> Boy, I wasn't prepared for that one. Wow. I mean that shouldn't I shouldn't even be butter, a hot take. I'm, I'm here to normalize peanut butter on a burger. It's fantastic. Look, peanut butter goes great on graham crackers and bananas, but on a burger? What? Your bananas. Well I am, but come on. Oh you know you know what's so, weird. So
2: you need you try you try it between now and next week and let me know on air next Wednesday if you liked it or not. So I uh, can get an I told you so in there because I know you'll love it. Either you'll love it or you'll lie about not loving it.
1: Yeah. We may have to get a lie detector in here for that. But that will do it for our show. We want to thank everyone for listening. We want to thank Adam, as of course, for being the co-host, even though sometimes I clearly regret it. So uh, yeah, yeah. thanks, I guess. All right. This has been the Cubby's Crib Podcast. We will see you next week.